Welcome to Let Love, a podcast with the Sisters of Life. We invite you to join us for conversation, looking at life through the lens of love. You are loved, you are made in God's image, and your life matters. Let's talk about it. Okay, so uh, we're back here. This is Sister Annie Stay. Sister Mary Grace. And this is Let Love Podcast with the Sisters of Life. And here we go, sister. We're kind of just being bold here. The question here in this yeah. episode of the season, How to Pray, is, is God really with me? Hmm. I mean, honestly. That's a bold question. Yeah. Is God really with mm. me? And I think any person, even any person of faith, asks that question. Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone kind of asks that question. Yeah. And frequently too, you know, like, you know, is he with me in this situation now? Was he with me there? Is he going to be with me in that thing coming up? Mm-hmm. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a good, it's a serious question. Mm-hmm. And you can say it with faith too. Like you're going to be with me. Like, were you with me there, Jesus? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How are you with me now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think every age too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sister, I remember going to Texas for these classroom visits. It was so much fun. We spent a whole day. It was like six hours back to back, classroom after classroom. Oh my uh, one of the most exhilarating and exhausting days of my life. Loved it, loved it. But we started from like, you know, the preschoolers, six-year-olds, all the way up until 18-year-olds. Oh, that's awesome. And we basically just walked in and it was kind of risky, but we just let them ask the questions. Hmm. You know, so we gave them a little word at the beginning of the day at the assembly. And then by the time we went to their classrooms, they just fire hosed us with everything. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we have some good stories from that day. But what was fascinating was that two of the most common questions they asked us, mm-hmm. one was surprising, one not surprising. They wanted to know, one, do we go swimming? <laughs> God bless them. Now, I think most people in Texas had backyard pools. There we go. I don't know why they were so fascinated. It's a geographic thing. Yeah, it's important. I mean, I get it. Water, it's important. Is it a part of your life? So do you go swimming? And number two, do you see God? Wow. And I'm talking like six-year-olds to 18-year-olds. Do you see him? Does he show up in your prayer? Wow. Do you see God? Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's powerful. Sister. Yeah. Like even the little ones. They're asking it. They're asking They're it. wondering. They're wondering. You know, and it's not a doubting. It's like, oh, my gosh, do you see him? Almost as if they're expressing a desire they already have. Like, wow, do you see God? Amen. You know? I think to lean in deeper into that question, it's like, I think I hear that question more and more and more. Mm -hmm. Especially, it's tough. Hmm. Uh, Today, man, there's a lot of reasons uh, that seem to be good ones for losing hope. Or yeah. being like, wow, it's it's not just dark, it's it's dark, dark, yes. you know? Or life is hard, hard, <laughs> you know? I mean, like, it's not just hard, it's like, whoa. Um, or, yeah, there's just a lot of pain, there's a lot of mm-hmm. suffering, there's a lot of unrest and mm-hmm. distress. And at the heart of those experiences, yeah, who is with me? Yeah. And is God for real? And is God really with me? And it actually... I don't know. It reminds me, sister, I know this is a long intro and perhaps a long-winded story, but I had the joy of watching like a little nature show recently. They can be the most exciting. Oh my goodness. (laughs) It's so underrated. They're so underrated. And to see God inscribed in creation, like the truths Hmm. that we most long to, to witness and to experience, it's like, it's all around us. Yeah. It's right there. Right? Cool. And so it was telling about Hawaii actually, which is a wonderful place in One itself. One of the best places in the world. Right? Without a doubt, yeah. Amen. I still haven't been, but I yeah. got to go via this. Sister, you have to go. You know, nature oh show. But it was talking about that basically um, there's this tree 
and it's called the Ohia Lehua tree. Isn't that beautiful mm. in itself? Mm. And basically, this tree makes up 80% of Hawaiians' native trees and forests. Mm. Uh, these trees can grow to be 100 feet tall. These trees live to be 1,000 years old. Unbelievable. These trees are such an icon for the Hawaiian people mm. that if there's a person who's particularly strong or skilled or beloved, they are called Ohia Lehua blossoms. Wow, like, beautiful. Right? Like you can feel the strength. And when you hear the story of how they grow, you kind of understand why. Because basically, these trees grow in slopes of hardened lava mm. and transform these places of death, of like toxic lava fumes and mm. uh, just charred earth into like incredible growths of life and hospitality for other life. Wow. Uh, cool. And it's it's incredible. Like literally the seeds like float in and start rooting their way in these tiny little cracks in the lava, hardened wow. lava. And then they are able to, they have this incredible capacity to almost close the pores of their of this little tree so they aren't destroyed by these toxic gases that are coming from this volcanic ash and then they they are able to develop aerial root systems whoa okay that's cool really cool yeah and nourish themselves in that way when i was learning about these trees i was like this is what it takes actually Mm. this is what it takes to dare in faith to dare to catch that seed of faith even when everything around me looks dark and bleak and literally to reach up in faith to look up uh, to close off my eyes and ears to the darkness and the noise and everything telling me that I shouldn't believe and reach up, uh, develop some aerial root systems. Wow, cool. And pull down the breath of God, mm. pull down the light and the love that is the realest thing mm. that there is. So this episode, I want to dare like an <laughs> ohia lehua tree. Ooh, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> you want to try it? Yeah. Ohia lehua. Oh, sister. <laughs> It was beautiful. Hey, thanks. You taught me. (laughs) Well, I hope the Hawaiians listening aren't offended. (laughs) But this is it. Oh, I love that. It's a bold question, and I think it takes a bold response Mm. uh, and answer. Now, I can't wait to unpack this. Mm -hmm. I don't know, sister. You want to kick us off with a prayer? Yeah, sounds awesome. Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, we cry out to you as your children. We make this act of faith right now that you are our Father as you say you are. And Father, we ask you to give us the gift of your Son in this moment, Jesus. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we ask to be awakened to the gift of faith in us, the gift of his love that is with us always, no matter what. And we ask, Father, for more. We ask for more faith, more hope more of this love that is within us to grow and reach up back to you, to give us life and light. We ask you, Father, teach us how to pray, guide us and be with us in this conversation and in every prayer and every moment. We ask especially Mary, our mother, to protect us and um, give us a share in her prayer. As we pray, hail Mary, full Full of of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. A Lady, Queen of Peace. Pray for us. Pray for us. Oh my gosh. Amen.
Sister, thank you. Mm. Super beautiful. Oh my gosh. I love that image though. The reaching up. Oh yeah. Well, and here it is. We're going to reach up and out with three questions. Yeah. I think first is God really with me Mm -hmm. and I can't wait to preach it. Yes. Yes. He is with Mm -hmm. us. Um, And then to go to the heart of how he expresses that withness, Mm -hmm. which is in his presence with us in the Eucharist. Yes. An incredible gift we have. And one of my favorite things to talk about. Yeah. The center (laughs) of my life. Yeah. And then talking about the difference that it makes. Yeah. To center your life around his life Mm -hmm. in the Eucharist. Yeah. And how we see that every day. And we see that throughout the history of the church. Yeah. So I don't know, sister, do you want to kick us off? I mean, like, is God really with me? Yeah. It's the big question. You know, sister, I, I came across a, a quote by Pope Benedict. It just rocked Amen. me in my socks as soon as I read it. <laughs> but he was actually asked this very question of like, is God really with me? Because even in when you think about prayer with the Eucharistic Christ is always an act of faith. You know, Amen. there's some element of faith that you have to make a choice that God is with you. Uh, we know it, we hear it, we read it, we grow in it, um, but we do all have to make an act of faith. So he was asked this question, like, why Why does God hide? You know, why is he hidden in the Eucharist? Why can't we see him? Mm. Uh, and it's so cool. He kind of throws it back on the report. Pope Benedict says, you know, actually, the Christian God could not have gone further. Wow. That God actually, yes, he's a mystery and he's and he's hidden to our eyesight. But actually, our God, if we pause and think about it, is a God who has entirely revealed himself revealed himself in Jesus and he goes even further as gone as he says as far as is possible is that he actually opens his very inner life to us that actually in the Eucharist God doesn't hold back it's outrageous you know and we have access to everything in it you know and it's uh it's amazing because it's both and it's like wow well sometimes I don't always see or I or sometimes it, you know, it involves a search for God. Our prayer is mm-hmm. searching for him, but we have the guarantee in the Eucharist that God is completely accessible. Oh, sister. You know, where is God? Where is he? It's like the Eucharist is the fulfillment of this promise. Wow, he sister. dares to be with us. It's outrageous. Yeah. A God who is with us. Yeah. Emmanuel. And this is actually his promise to us. Yes. Fulfilled. You yes. know, if you look at... um Matthew chapter 28, Mm. uh, it talks about Christ's resurrection and it is, it's, it's super powerful, right? Like, I mean, everyone's kind of trying to get it together. Like the disciples are like, (laughs) you know, crying their eyes out and kind of caught in their grief. They're like, where is he? And Mary Magdalene's like, where's my Lord? And as soon as, you know, he calls her by name and Hey, look up, look at me. Mm -hmm. Um, they realize he's risen, you yeah. know, but he's, this is, this is new. This is mm-hmm. surprising. Like mm-hmm. this is outside of kind of the norm, mm-hmm. right. And what's possible in my own uh, human realities and, and limitations. Uh, but he says this at the end of that chapter, he says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of father, son, and Holy spirit, teaching them to observe all I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always to the close of the age. Mm-hmm. So he was saying, he was sending them forth, go, like go out in faith, but no, I'm with you. Mm. I'm going to back you up. And actually, yes, in his his presence with us in the Eucharist, which was established a few chapters before that, yeah. Matthew 26, he literally tells his disciples, take, eat, this is my body. Mm. Drink of it. 
all of you, for this is my blood mm. of the covenant. Hmm. I mean, this is incredible. Yeah, it's like God is closer than we actually even realize, than we actually could see. You know, you think about it, it's like we hear about these amazing Eucharistic miracles and they keep happening left, right, and center. But what But what if the miracle of that God remains hidden right before us? You know, is that not the greater miracle that he can actually, he actually hides himself so that we can access him at all times in freedom, you know, and not to be intimidated. Our guards can go down because we're not distracted by anything. It's, we can just be ourselves with him. Well, and even too, huh. sister, it's like, this is how God loves to love. Mm-hmm. This is how God loves to be with. Even if you go to the catechism, I mean, cause you think about the host, right? You think about the Eucharist. Yeah. It is so humble. It's a pale, it's, it's, so fragile. I mean, yeah. you could crush it uh, easily. Mm-hmm. It is nothing special. Yeah. But this is how God, he comes in the ordinary. He gets littler than our littleness. As, it's like he just gets smaller he for gets, us. Because he, he wants us, right, to be yeah. able to approach him. But even to look at, and I know I've shared this before, the Catechism 703, it says the word of God and his breath are at the origin of the being and life of every creature. In a sense, wow. he gets so small and hidden even within us, mm-hmm. right? This isn't this isn't so strange yeah. when you think about the reality that the word of God, the breath of God, are at the origin of you, mm. of me, of, of life itself, of every creature. That creation in itself is the common work of the Holy Trinity. Mm. Um, again, just to to bring to life the reality that God is hidden in all things. And so why wouldn't God be hidden in the most ordinary, in the most plain, mm. and the most approachable of all things? Mm. This tiny little host, uh, mm. which, yes, is filled with his life. Mm. And that we come to receive that gift and to know that gift and to know him within, in and through, as you were saying, sister, this approach of faith. Mm. And even, I think, just to move into the the second question, it's like, what do we encounter there? Yeah. You know, what is the quality of love that we encounter there? Um, Mm. What's going on? Mm. You know, why even, why have the bishops called for a Eucharistic revival? Yeah. To say, look again, we need to get on our knees and humbly place ourselves before we're God has given himself to us mm-hmm. totally, completely, unsparingly, mm-hmm. in a way so profoundly vulnerable. Mm. I mean, he couldn't give of himself more. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And I think it just it just speaks of how much he respects our humanity uh, and he knows our limits. I think what it says so beautifully too is just how much he he references each one of our hearts. Like, I mean, even just the fact that he chose, like, what is, what does the Eucharist say about you and me? You know, that God not only chose to be with us, but he's like, Hey, you, I want to stay to you. I want to belong to you. I want to live in your being, in your body, in your heart. It's like, God couldn't have given us a greater compliment. (laughs) You know, he could have physically been here and been with us like he did the apostles, but he's like, you know what? In your day and age, I've chosen you to live with me and me to live with inside of you in every experience, every heartache, every joy, every sorrow. Nothing is separate anymore. Every experience can be lived with him. 
it's yeah it's it's worse just the gift of now a eucharistic revival now in what we're going through god chose it uh, to live to live with us in in the very depths of our being Mm -hmm. Mm. well and here it is sister too i think it speaks to us of god's wisdom uh, that he calls us to humbly uh, place ourselves at the feet of his wisdom, yeah. which isn't to come with this great show mm. of strength or with a huge, I don't know, you could imagine uh, so many different things, but he comes to us small, hidden, humble, vulnerable, uh, freely given. Yeah. I mean, this is the wisdom of God, and this yeah. is what brings integrity to the whole plan and unfolding of salvation like if you look in and through salvation history uh how was how was his life best communicated through the little ones Hmm. uh through the simple hearts through the humble hearts look at our lady you know she's she's in her teens and here she is becoming a space for the living god Mm. for the dawn of salvation to break upon humanity Mm. think about little juan diego uh this humble guy in his middle ages i mean honestly right um yeah part of this indigenous people of a simple people um of a handful of converts and here our lady's appearing to him and he has the humility to carry out this this mission even though he feels small Hmm. and inadequate like he dared in faith our lady dared in faith moses you know he's got a stutter he's like hey talk to my brother aaron like you got the wrong guy. I've got an anger problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. And yet, take your shoes off, Moses, yeah, yeah. and come mm. as he approaches the holy ground of that burning bush. Yeah, you know where where is that in our own lives? Mm. It's humble. It's yeah. hidden, um, as it is in the Eucharist, as it is mercy, sister. If you think about, I love thinking about how people are present to me. Right, mm-hmm. like if we think about the meaningful ways that people are present, right? Mm-hmm. It's in those little little notes of encouragement. Mm-hmm. It's in that word of encouragement that I was given by my dad before all my races. And now That's whenever awesome. I go running, even though he's he's on the other side of the veil, mm. he's alive in my heart. It makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. I carry him with me. Wow. That humble little word, that fatherly word, right? Mm. That he gave to me as his daughter. Uh, before you know doing my lousy best to run my mm. fastest time whatever <laughs> or it you know the letters that we save right mm. uh, this is the way of love mm. this is the way of love it doesn't come in a pompous show it pierces and and gathers and blesses our hearts as it comes up from underneath as it comes quietly beside us as it rests humbly before us uh and that's that's uh, awesome. real right in, mm-hmm. in our relationships among each other but it's also what's communicated yeah uh, in the presence of the eucharist yeah it's beautiful it's like yeah it's acknowledging our littleness but littleness doesn't doesn't mean it's not significant to mm. god you know and he and he preaches that and is very being little with us mm-hmm. that um you know it's like even just in the stories you're saying it's like how does my heart unfold Amen. you know where what does it feel like when I'm oh, at rest and safe and can just open up and share what I'm going through, whether I, I get it or not? And it's these experiences yes, like with the Eucharist is when the Lord is so vulnerable and little and makes himself hidden. It's 
it's like a risk-free zone. Wow. You know, we're not, there's there, it's risk-free. There's no way we can fail this. Mm-hmm. You know, we go there and we can be, can be whatever little, littleness we feel or grandness. It's, um, it's a safe zone where we're welcome and we can, uh, yeah, we can let, let ourselves be who we are oh without any expectation that anything in particular needs to be brought or that anything needs to be figured out. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a place that I can't fail being. Oh my goodness. I hmm. love that. Well, and even sister draws me into this deep awareness that when I'm before the Eucharist, I am kneeling before, sitting before a living sacrifice of love for me. Yeah. A, for me. This, mm. It's personal. Mm. It's Even if you take uh, a word from the catechism, this is in 1366, the Eucharist is thus a sacrifice because it represents the sacrifice of the cross. It says, Christ our Lord and God was once and for all to offer himself to God the Father by his death on the altar of the cross to accomplish there an everlasting redemption. But because his priesthood was not to end with his death at the Last Supper on the night when he was betrayed, he wanted to leave his beloved spouse, the church, a visible sacrifice as the nature of man demands by which the bloody sacrifice which he was to accomplish once for all on the cross would be represented, its memory perpetuated until the end of the world and its salutary power be applied to the forgiveness of the sins we daily commit. Wow. It's kind of incredible. You know, sister, if anyone consults their hearts, honestly, this is the love we want. Mm. A love that is total, unsparing, self-sacrificing, given, will not and cannot be taken away. Um, The love that won't be taken back, right? Mm -hmm. This is Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. in the Eucharist. This is what we sit before. This is where we can go. And as you say, sister, safe zone. Yeah. Um, We are free and we are able to bring ourselves totally to another Mm. and be received in love. Mm. It's kind of outrageous. Yeah. It's amazing. It it reminds me of what a priest said recently in a homily. It was so simple, but it just, it took me by off my guard. And he just said, sisters, here at the mass before the Eucharist, now is a time to rest. Mm. You know, it's like the place that we're 100% guaranteed receptivity, <laughs> that I'm going to be received here. I can rest. Rest in what? Not not a cognitive rest where I switch off, but rest in the truth that I am loved personally, unconditionally. And actually, this is the place where I love. I can give all of myself. I can, uh, and it will be all received. And then I'm receiving all of God and responding it's um and that's true rest. I'm alive. I'm I'm saying yes to the Lord and I'm also giving my heart to, you know, it's not just a we're not just on the receiving end passively. It's an opportunity to share our inner world with God. Wow. You know, um and as you like that reading too about the mass, it's like what is the mass? The Eucharist exposed. It's Jesus pouring his love out. You know, it's actually the Eucharist could therefore stand as the measure of our worth. You know, it's Jesus, he's given, God is giving. Um, and, you know, it's so when we go to adoration, it's restorative because we're remembering what we're here for, mm. what our hearts ache for, and we're resting in that truth, resting um, in the truth that I'm loved. 
Amen. I'm loved and it's guaranteed. <laughs> it's incredible. It's so incredible, sister. Well, even too, just to reflect on, again, this is the way of love. Mm. Relationship. Prayer is right. relationship. And l- look at the, the welcome mat that, that God is putting out. Yeah. I mean, basically, if prayer is relationship, um, God wants to be in relationship with us. He's literally saying, here I am. My mm. heart is open and vulnerable to you. Yeah. I am totally given over to you. And basically beginning, please God, a mutual vulnerability. Yes. Right? That, we're, that we can come and be vulnerable. And actually, as human persons, we desire to be vulnerable. Yeah. We desire that freedom to be vulnerable to another. As you were saying, like to share my inner world with mm. another, to share my thoughts, mm-hmm. my hopes, my dreams, my fears, to have all of those be received in love. Yes. And a patient, reverent, quiet, a loving yeah. presence of love. Yeah. God is a genius. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. This is this is how the human heart loves to be loved this it's is, real and it's, it's not to the exclusion of like i can is. i can be i can be weak and uh vulnerable and yet entirely brave at the same time mm. when i'm confident of the one who's in this with me Amen. you know so i can i can be real about those things and yet there can be a brave confidence to stay there wow sister. um yeah it's like authentic living <laughs> prayer is being authentic. authentic it's being authentic um and not alone in it I don't know, I think living in today's culture, that's what I see more than anything else is a desire for authenticity, right? Yeah. Where can I go where I'm not going to be disappointed, betrayed, let down, used, um, irreverenced? It's like, where is that safe place? Yes. And not losing hope that it doesn't exist. Mm. Because in that desire, as you were saying earlier, sister, these kiddos that you were encountering, it's like the fact that they're asking, can you see God? Uh, where is he? How do you experience him? Yeah. There is this innate desire. Uh, it's written into our hearts. It's because, and I love it. I know we've shared this before and one of our <laughs> sisters loves to speak of it this way. It's like the Trinity, you know, created us, right? A little workshop of the Trinity. We're made in the image and likeness <laughs> of this communion of love. Yeah. Gave us this huge big smooch right before we were placed in our mother's wombs and we spend the rest of our life looking for whoever gave us that Mm -hmm. big smooch that was the sweetest smooch of love that we've ever received Mm -hmm. right and actually yes it does exist he's waiting Mm -hmm. he's waiting in tabernacles throughout the entire world yeah i and it's one of my favorite things about traveling is you can go in a catholic church oh my gosh you're home right yeah on the other side it's pretty cool even if it's a different language it's unbelievable. Different accent. It'll still work. Yeah, He's there. it's unbelievable. He's there. Yeah. And your heart knows it. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone is present. Someone's and that's there. the thing you can actually recognize when you're in an authentic, you're in, in an authentic place that you're welcome. It's like the heart can pick up on that. Amen. Yeah. Well, mm. I wonder too, sister, it's like, okay, so there's this gift of mm. love waiting for us in every tabernacle throughout the world, quietly waiting, mm. longing uh, for us to come and be with. But like, I don't know, what kind of difference does it make, right? What happens when we place the Eucharist at the center of our lives? If I'm willing to place myself humbly before the Eucharist and place my faith in a God who loves me and a God who is really with me and dare in that way, 
how's that going to translate in my Mm. life? It seems to me that it makes all the difference. Mm. You know, it's like, it's almost like God preemptively knew, of course, (laughs) that we needed to know he was with us. Mm. You know, we actually need, we need the Eucharist. Mm. It's not just a faith that we can think of and get on our merry way throughout the day. I need a tangible experience of Jesus every single day. I need to see him being vulnerable in the Eucharist. I need to be before him. I need to... I need to know that uh, he's going to show up mm-hmm. uh, and not just in my mind, but actually the Eucharist is, is the physical promise fulfilled that Jesus is with us. And actually knowing that we have a tangible, real expression of God's love accessible and w- with us, mm-hmm. I think it makes all the difference. Amen. Well, no, sister, even as you're speaking, you know, I've been living in a convent for the last 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good now. Double it's, digits. 15. Right? That's a lifetime, sister. Right? I mean, it's, it's kind of pretty good. 15 legit. years. Yeah. As you follow the Lord, it's always a big leap of faith, mm-hmm. you know? But honestly, it's like, it was a leap of faith to yeah. enter the convent. And I remember telling my friends and family that, like, listen, I'm taking this thing at a day at a time. Yeah. All I know is I've got to go. I've got to leap in cool. faith towards... Yeah this promise of love that I cannot resist and I can't turn away from, like it's right there. And I, I've got to leap towards this in faith. Mm -hmm. And I think the last 15 years, yeah, I think that's what I've woken up and done right each day is to leap in faith, to leap in faith in the presence of the Eucharist. And here I am sister. It's like, I kind of like Mm -hmm. am shocked because if anyone else is looking at my life, you know, like, on any cultural standards, I should not be happy. It doesn't add up. It doesn't Think add about up. it. Don't have a dollar to my name. We get up at 5 a.m. every day. 5 a.m. We should be miserable. We should be. On paper. Are you kidding? <laughs> I, I live with 15 other women. Whoa. We have one kitchen. How does that even work? I mean, <laughs> seriously. And then, yeah. Yeah, you think about it. Listen, it's, there's not a moment of the day well. that isn't like scheduled. It's not like my yeah. own schedule. I'm always with someone else. Always. Yeah. It doesn't add up. and here i am 15 years in sister yeah he is enough yeah and when you place him at the center of your life and you give him primacy Mm. it's enough Mm. it's what we desire it's the heart of our hearts as human persons because the heart of his love the heart of the eucharist is this totally givenness and we too are called to this total givenness Hmm. this is the trinity right this beautiful uh giving and receiving of love this is what we're called to as human Hmm. persons and we will not be satisfied Mm -hmm. unless we are living in this dynamic Mm -hmm. and god is so good to us to come as as one so small and hidden and vulnerable because it allows us to put our guard down yeah to receive him to humbly uh place him in the heart of our own hearts and to live in imitation. And when we do, Hmm. our lives are filled with love, peace, fulfillment. This is what we're made for. Hmm. And this is what is a privilege I bear witness to in the lives of my sisters every day, the beauty of their joy, their goodness, the love that pours out of their hearts, the brilliance of this gift of the charism, this Hmm. charism of life, Hmm. which is right this this charism which prizes each and every single human life the beauty of every single human person um no matter how rich or poor weak uh strong uh it doesn't matter mm. made in the image and likeness of god mm. 
and called, called to something awesome, called to something great, uh, given to this world as a gift of love. And we've received Mm. that grace, which proclaims that profound reality and truth. And at the heart of that is that, yes, vulnerability is nothing to protect ourselves against. Yeah. It's, it's a gift to open ourselves up to this outrageous love mm. that has made us and calls us. Mm-hmm. And that like vulnerability, our vulnerabilities aren't a barrier to our prayer. Mm-mm. Actually, they're, they're the place of prayer. They're wow. welcome. They're that's actually, that's, that's prayer is, is living in the reality of our vulnerability. Yeah, sister, I, ha- I have a bit of a history with head injuries. I'm just going to be honest. Oh, this is a deep share. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's more light, heady share. Love it. Uh, but it started when I was young. My first incident was without a helmet. Uh-oh. My dad's never let me down on it. Um, oh. Racing down at the driveway. And, you know, I just I hadn't learned where the brakes were yet. Ooh. I just went straight into our back garage door. And I had this, like, egg on my forehead for weeks. Oh. It was crazy. I was seven. I oh. still think of it. Uh, yeah, that was my first experience. Well, the sad part is I didn't really learn from that. Oh, And I kind of, like, have this strange aversion to helmets. This is painful. <laughs> it's going to get better at some point. But there was, there was you know, I entered religious life, sister, and then – There were two more occasions where I had specific head injuries Uh, and I wish I had a better story, but I was skateboarding after I entered, which I learned very quickly that it doesn't really complement the habit. Oh, gosh. You know, it really, I mean, it feels great. It looks cool. It looks cool. It's not really practical. Oh, gosh. (laughs) There's just too much fabric too close to the ground. Oh. Anyway, I had a first injury there. You'd think I'd learn strike two. Oh. It was within six months later. Not even kidding. I was like, what could softball do to you? I mean, it's a soft... Ball. It's a soft. No ball. one gets hurt playing softball. Oh, come on. I get hurt playing softball. Oh, sister, I remember <laughs> it. It was so awful. So it happens in softball, ball to the back of my head in the exact place that I hit on the skateboard. Terrible. Anyway, talk about vulnerability. So recovery from concussion, mm-hmm. they call it this technical term, which makes me chill sometimes, is total cognitive rest. It's amazing to think about brain. Like our wow. activity, everything is impacted wow. by it. Light, sound eye contact, taste, flavor, everything ignites our brain and our brain touches on anything. It's fantastic until it's injured and it needs to be recovered. You literally have to put everything on rest. So anyway, here I am. And literally I was told for six months, just sit still. Mm. Now to someone who likes to be active, that's like purgatory on earth. (laughs) It's so hard to like sit still and actually always. Anyway, I had this powerful moment where I literally, my prayer just, that's where I think I started praying on a whole Mm. new level, where I just learned to be a little bit more real with God, (laughs) you know? And But I remember one specific time, it was powerful because it was before the Eucharist. I was in the chapel on my own, couldn't be there with anyone else, lights were out. uh, And I remember sitting before the tabernacle and just being so real with God and telling him like, oh, I hate this situation. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know where you are. This makes no sense. Mm. I'm I'm here as a sister. What good could this do? Mm. And I really was making me question everything. Wow, uh, question everything but to him, before him. Uh, and I felt like, like it's, yeah, that I had nothing good to offer at that point. Mm. And it, I just had this powerful moment of being before the Eucharist and realizing that here in the tabernacle, God stays you know, he stays with us um, as if to say, I still love you. You know, whatever you bring today, 
you know, whether it's a, it's a good thought or a struggling thought or it's a good memory or it's a bad memory, whatever you're going through, if it's, uh, yeah, a rough day or a good day, if your heart is in pain and it feels lonely or it's, it is aware and experiencing the intimacy of God, wherever it is that through it in the Eucharist, we have this abiding presence that mm. God is not conditional in his love. Mm. Uh, and that in his physical presence, we have a God that is resounding, I'm with you. I'm staying, whatever comes up, when it comes up, how it comes up, I'm staying with you and I love you still. Mm. It's powerful. Sister, that's awesome. Yeah. That's incredible, mm. actually. Yeah. It gives me a lot of courage. Yeah. Yeah. To trust, to believe. Yeah. And a platform for prayer too, of like, I can be vulnerable with the Lord. And I think we can only do that because he did it first. Amen. He was vulnerable first. He stays vulnerable, uh, not for anything of his own sake, but for us. So we can go that way too. Yeah, he shows us the way. That isn't, wow. Mm. Sister, that is so beautiful. And I think a stunning note to end on. Yeah. Because I think it says it all. Mm. Whoa. Gosh, before we go. Blessed. Do you want to put a mic drop on that? <laughs> <laughs> I think. Do you have something first? Oh my what goodness! Were you thinking? What my you with? my only yeah my only thought is be like the ohia lehua tree. Ooh, there it is. Yeah, I can't. I love saying it. Yeah, but those beautiful. aerial roots mm. and this capacity of the tree to like close its pores, to hold its breath, to all that is toxic, to all that yeah. is not good. It's like. I honestly think in today's culture, you've got to have that courage. Yeah. You know, to freely uh, look up, right? Put your roots into faith, mm. trust. Uh, allow your your mind, your heart to look up, to reach up. Mm. It will never disappoint. Mm. It will never disappoint. Faith in God, you touch him. Faith is the means in which we actually touch and come mm. into contact with oh, God, you will be changed. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah, in a sense, having the courage also to, yeah, the evil is going to be there. The darkness is going to be there. Amen. But uh, don't soak it up. Mm. Don't soak it up. Uh, it will. It will wear away. It will erode. It will prevent you from growing and from flourishing. Yeah. Uh, if that's where we park our car. Mm. You know, in a sense, look up to where you're going to be receiving life and light and mm. grace. So just a word, mm, get those aerial that. roots going. Yeah. Look up. Gosh, I would actually only echo that just as we talk about the Eucharist and, and God's presence. That is so crazy, amazing to think about. Mm -hmm. uh, and yet there's a space for faith in it. Yeah. And I would just say too, just gosh, I want to, I want to make faith a bigger part of my actual prayer with Jesus Amen. and the Eucharist. Like Jesus whether I feel it or not, Jesus, I believe that you're here. Mm. I believe that you are entirely right before me right now. I believe that uh, your love is unconditional and that I'm welcome here. I believe, uh, yeah, I believe in your love for me. I think that I think that can never, I can never be short of acts of faith, but especially in prayer, um, just to let faith be part of it. I believe, I believe in the way you love me. I trust the way that you're doing these things. Uh, I believe that you're here. Amen. Yeah. It's beautiful. Wow, sister. Let me, mm. can I close this in a prayer? Please, yeah. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we believe in you. We trust in you. We love you. 
We ask for every grace to strengthen our faith, our hope, our love, our gaze of faith, uh, that we might reach up and through all those places uh, that weigh us down, uh, those places in, in which we experience great heaviness of heart, uh, those places uh, that crowd us in a darkness. Uh, we pray for the grace that you might light and illumine our hearts right there with the gift and grace of faith, of trust in you. Having the courage to be vulnerable to you, to your love right there, to ask for the grace to be radically vulnerable to your love right there. And we ask for all these things in your name, Jesus, and we thank you ahead of time as we say glory be to the Father, and to to the the Son, and to to the Holy Spirit, Spirit, as it was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Amen. God bless and keep you all. Good to be with you. Oh my goodness. Good to be with you, Sister Mary Grace, and everyone else listening. We're praying for you. Praying for you. This was Let Love Podcast with the Sisters of Life, a religious community of women consecrated for the protection of the sacredness of human life. Be assured of our prayers and learn more at sistersoflife.org.